So uh, I used to ask a lot of interesting questions as a kid. I remember one particular instance. Um, see, my, my parents were very generous with my sister and I, but every once in a while we would keep asking for things. And, you know, like any loving parent would do, sometimes they would say no. And uh, I remember one particular story. I think I was asking for a video game or something. And um, my mom told me, no, we don't have the money for that right now. And when she told me that as a kid, I asked her, why can't we just go to the money mover? <laughs> so we called the, the ATM machine the money mover, and I didn't understand. I was like, what do you mean? I've seen you drive up to this machine, you press some buttons, you tell it how much money you want, and the money comes out. It's a great thing. Why can't we just do that to get my video game? She tried to explain to me that, well, it's our money that's in there that we're taking out, and of course, as a kid, I had no idea what she was talking about. Um, but all these years later, I look back on this story and I think to myself, I feel like a lot of people uh, think God is like that. Uh, a lot of people think that God's grace runs out like our money. And we have to keep putting in good works in order for his grace to flow out. That's, that's what a lot of people believe. But I can assure you today, that's not the case. Uh, the, the very reason that we call his grace amazing is because we don't deserve it. His grace has nothing to do with how I've lived my life, how good I am, has everything to do with his greatness and his goodness. And I think that Christians today have overcomplicated grace. I think we've overcomplicated the gospel at times. And I think that we've made it too difficult sometimes for other people to really seek God and to understand who he really is. And so for those reasons and many more, um, I've titled today's message, Keep It Simple. I love what Timothy Keller once said. He said that it's only in Christianity that you get the verdict before the performance. So think about that. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you've made him the Lord and Savior of your life, the verdict of your life and your future has already been decided. Yet so often, even if we say that we live by God's grace, sometimes we're still trying to earn his love with our life. Look at this verse from Colossians 2. Verse 6 says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. For those of you that have already given your life to Christ, I want you to think back to the day that that happened. And I want to ask you this question. When you gave your life to Christ, did you do anything special that day to earn God's love? Or did you simply receive Him? This verse makes it simple for us. Just as we received Christ as our Lord, we must continue to live in him. So don't overcomplicate it. We received Jesus on that day, and we need to continue receiving Jesus each and every day. As most of you know, um, this past month, my world completely changed. Caitlin and I had our first baby. And uh, little Addison, um, light of our world right now. She's over there. Uh, she's already been here a few times. She's already slept right through two of Daryl's sermons. <laughs> so that's, that's a good sign. She's probably sleeping through mine today. Maybe she'll cry through later. I don't know. Um, but for anybody that has ever been a parent, you already know this. But when you become a parent, you get an even greater sense of God's unconditional love. Uh, the love you have for your child is indescribable. And in her life, I don't want to overcomplicate it. Uh, I want to simply love her with everything that I have. And I know that in her life, uh, she's not going to be perfect. She's going to make a lot of mistakes. But I'm going to love her anyway. 
I hope and pray that she will always receive the love that her mother and I give her. Uh, I pray that she never rejects it. I pray that she never feels like I've made too many mistakes for my mom and dad to love me. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to understand that we are his children. And unlike any ATM machine that may run out of money, his grace will never run out on us. And you know, if we're going to fully receive his love and his grace, we need to be reminded of it. It's one reason we come to church each week. And we need to be reminded of the gospel. Look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. So Paul's teaching a group of people that have already heard, accepted, and believed the gospel. And he tells them, I want to remind you of the gospel that you've already accepted. See, a lot of times we think, you know, I've already accepted Christ. I've already, I've heard this story a hundred times. I, I know it. I don't need to hear it again. But that's completely false. We, we need to be reminded of the gospel as often as we can. Look at what C.S. Lewis said in his book, Mere Christianity. He said, that is why daily praying and religious reading and church going are necessary parts of the Christian life. We have to be continually reminded of what we believe. Neither this belief nor any other will automatically remain alive in the mind. It must be fed. I was thinking the other day, if, there's, if there was like a, a Mount Rushmore for awesome Christians, I think C.S. Lewis and uh, the Apostle Paul would probably both be on it. Um, and, and both of them tell us, you know, in order for us to keep it simple in our faith, we need to receive Jesus the very same way every day as when we first did. And we need to be reminded constantly of the gospel. There's a beautiful piece of scripture in John 15 that we're going to reflect on. And uh, the words are going to come on the screen. And, and as I read this, it's in John 15. I want you to really to reflect on what these words mean. I also want you to notice how many times the word abide is in this passage. So John 15, 1 through 10, Jesus speaking to us. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them in the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. When one scripture uses the same word over and over, it's really important to understand what that word means. Well, the word abide has several definitions. It can mean to live, to remain, stay, continue, or dwell. So it emphasizes this idea of a long-term relationship. So if you were to abide in a particular place, it would mean that you live there, not just visited there. 
And so Jesus tells us to abide in him and his love. You can look back through that same passage and you can, you know, uh, substitute the, some of the definition words for the word abide. Uh, for example, Jesus says to live in him and he will live in us. He says to stay in his love. He says to dwell in his words. Pastor Judah Smith put it like this in one of his books. He said, if we don't understand what it means to abide in Jesus, then we tend to jump over the abide part and just focus on how we can get the rest of the equation. We want the joy, the fruit, and the good works, but that doesn't work too well because abiding in Jesus is the key to all those other things. So we've got to abide in him. And you know, the Bible doesn't give us a, a formula uh, for success. It doesn't give us like the 10 simple steps of a successful life. And, you know, you're not going to open the Bible and read, this is when you will get married. And this is the job you should have. And, you know, this is the college you should attend. Um, but I'll tell you what it does give us. It gives us a person to follow. A person that we believe is fully man and fully God at the same time. And it gives us his word, and as it says in John 1, that word became flesh. So I, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying today. Um, following Jesus is not a simple life. Okay, being a Christian is not supposed to be a simple, easy life where you have no problems. Many times it's the opposite. And if we're living out our faith the way we should, uh, then there should be some times that, that it is pretty difficult to follow Christ. <coughs> But what I am saying today is this, the way to Jesus is simple. And even though following him is not always easy, we need to keep it simple when it comes to, again, receiving him. Every day of our life, receive his grace and love and be reminded of it. I want to show you a short clip from one of uh, Francis Chan's sermons uh, that fits really well with what we're talking about today. So let's watch the screen. When I was a kid, we used to play this game called Simon Says. Right? Most of us have played that as you're really young because there's no app for it. it, it, it Simon Says is, uh, you know, you just, Simon Says, pat your head, you know, so okay, you know, Simon said it. Um, it's just, it was a very simple game, but it's so weird how in the church, Jesus Says is a totally different game. If Jesus says something, you don't have to do it, you just have to memorize it. Study it, you remember? You guys, it doesn't make any sense. A lot of the things we do, he tells us to go out and make disciples, and how many people in the churches are actually making disciples? They memorized it. You know, when I tell my daughter, hey, hey Rachel, go clean your room, she doesn't come back to me two hours later and go, I memorized what you said. <laughs> you say, Rach, go clean your room. I can say it in Greek. <laughs> my friends are going to come over and we're going to have a study on what it would look like if I cleaned my room. <laughs> she knows better than that. And so why do we think we're going to come before the judge one day and quote everything that he said? Talk about how much we know. It's just, it's just this black and white stuff. If I just started with scripture, I said, here's what I would do. Start making disciples. 
So he made some great points. Uh, you know, when you play the game Simon Says, we try to do everything Simon Says, but in our faith, we often just quote Jesus instead of actually doing what he said. And, and sometimes we go deeper in our Bible studies, and that's a great thing, but only if it will then translate into our life and our actions. So another way of keeping it simple is by actually doing what Jesus says to do. It says in James 1, don't just listen to the word, do what it says. Be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Now, the Bible is not always black and white on every topic. Uh, there are many things in God's word that we have to wrestle with and interpret and study. And we're not always going to agree on every last detail with every Christian on the planet. But with that said, some things in the Bible are more black and white, and we still try to overcomplicate them. It says in Acts, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And we try to overcomplicate it. It says in Matthew, therefore go, make disciples of all nations. And many times we overcomplicate it. Like the first video that we showed uh, today. Forgive someone. We try to overcomplicate it. So we need to receive him every day. We need to be reminded of the gospel. And we need to do what he says to do. And now that we've talked a little bit about how to keep it simple in our own faith, I also want to talk about how to keep it simple when it comes to sharing it with others. I believe there is power in the simplicity of the gospel message. I do want to remind you that every single one of us is called to share Jesus with the world. This is not something that is just for pastors or just for missionaries or just for outgoing people or just for people with uh, a lot of influence. This is for every single one of us. So the question is, how do we do it? And again, I'm going to suggest this morning that we need to keep it simple. Most of you probably have heard of Billy Graham, uh, one of the most famous Christian preachers of all time. He's been an advisor to uh, many U.S. presidents. Um, I saw a statistic. It's estimated that he, that at least uh, 2.5 billion people have heard at least one of his messages before. And it's also estimated that over 3 million people have given their lives to Christ as a result of his sermons. Well, look at what he had to say about keeping the message simple. This is from Billy Graham. He says, I've had the privilege of preaching the gospel on every continent, and I've found that when I present the simple message of the gospel of Jesus Christ with authority, quoting from the very word of God, he takes that message and drives it supernaturally into the human heart. So the same person that has led over three million to Jesus says that the key to doing so is to give a simple, clear gospel message using the very words of God. He didn't talk about some crazy technique or, you know, some mind-blowing uh, preaching styles. He simply says, keep it simple with your message. So there's power in God's word. Sharing a verse here and there, sharing your testimony, sharing the gospel message can have an eternal impact. I thought about this example the other day, too. Imagine if you are uh, trying to figure out what the, the weather's going to be like. And, of course, in Indiana, good luck with that. <laughs> trying to figure that out. Um, most people, when they turn on the news and they want to know what the weather is like, they want to know the basics, right? Now, I know some of you may like the more complicated uh, parts of weather, um, but for most of us, uh, when a weatherman is talking, if he starts talking about barometric pressure and the Buford scale and the scale of the mass of the state and all this stuff, you're kind of like, get to the point, right? I want to know how is the weather going to affect me today, tomorrow, maybe this week? Is it going to rain? What's the temperature going to be? That's what I want to know. So I was thinking that we can learn something even from that example. 
when it comes to sharing the gospel. We want to keep it simple, but we also want to focus on how does this affect the person that I'm talking to. They don't need a bunch of fancy words. They don't need you know, a very extensive Bible study if they're not at that level. They, they want to know how does this affect me, and we've got to keep it simple and not overcomplicate it. I also remember hearing an example from the restaurant Five Guys. Anybody like Five Guys? Wish we had in Crawfordsville, yes. Um, I don't know if they still have this, but uh, years ago on their website, they had a frequently asked questions tab. And one of the questions that a customer asked them one time was, will Five Guys ever uh, consider expanding their menu because it's pretty small, like there's not a whole lot to get there? And uh, this was their answer. They said, right from their website, they said, Five Guys does not currently have plans to add to their menu. We follow the philosophy of focusing on a few items and serving them to the best of our ability. So I'm thinking, I mean, can we learn from a weather example and from a, a restaurant's website about sharing the gospel even? No, nothing wrong with, you know, the places that have nine-page menus. I mean, that's a little intimidating, but, you know, it's still nice to go there too. Um, but I believe we need to focus on, in our lives, what is most important, and we need to focus on what we are most effective with. So for you personally, whatever gift, whatever talent God has given you, yourself, focus on that. Don't focus on what other people try to tell you of how to reach others. Focus on what you are good at, what God has called you to do, and keep it simple in that way. There's power in the name of Jesus, and that's not just a great song. That's an incredible truth. Think in the Bible, what happened when just the mention of Jesus' name? Demons flee, people were healed, lives were changed, miracle after miracle occurred. There's power in his name. There's power in the gospel. I think a lot of times maybe we don't share the gospel because we feel like we're not qualified or we think, uh, I'm not sure what to say or I don't know enough about the Bible yet to share it. Well, think about this story. From John chapter 9. Uh, Jesus healed a blind man. And after the healing, people kept asking the blind man, how? How do you now see? How are you given your sight? And he shared that it was Jesus that, that healed him, but that's really all that he knew about him. And so they asked him a bunch of questions, and he even says in John 9, I don't know much about him. All I know is this. I was blind, and now I see. Now, did this guy have all the answers from the Bible? Definitely not. Did he have a Bible degree? Did he, you know, was he going to become a preacher one day? Um, was this someone that never made a mistake? Absolutely not. But to him, the message was very simple. I was blind and now I see. And that's one of the best tips we could ever hear when it comes to sharing the gospel. Is that you can simply share what he has done for you. And if you can say that I was blind and now I see, that is powerful. You can say, I, let me tell you what, I don't know how all the answers. Tell all your friends and coworkers, I don't have all the answers, but I'll tell you what, I was in darkness, and now I'm in light. It's because of Jesus, and I want to tell you about it. So share what you know. And as we've been talking about, continue to be reminded of the gospel. The more the gospel is shared with you, the more you're reminded of it, the better chance you have of remembering how to share it with others. Um, Albert Einstein even once said that if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. So my encouragement to you is learn, learn the gospel and write it down and practice sharing it. 
Um, we don't often do something like this, but find some, some Christians that um, love and support you and, and practice with each other, sharing the gospel, because if there's anything we don't want to uh, confuse people with or overcomplicate, it's the gospel. We want to keep the message simple and very clear to them. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 9. Um, this is from the message version. It says, Jesus now called the twelve and gave them authority and power to deal with all the demons and cure diseases. He commissioned them to preach the news of God's kingdom and heal the sick. I love this part. He said, don't load yourselves up with equipment. Keep it simple. You are the equipment. So how amazing is that? I love that version from the message. Keep it simple. You don't need equipment. You are the equipment. We are God's messengers. We are the light of the world. You know, we, we've got to stop making it so difficult for other people to follow Jesus. And I'm not just talking about the message itself. Nobody is ever going to come to Christ because a Christian is telling them how bad they are, how wrong they are. You need to change this, this, and this. No, we need to be way more concerned with showing Jesus to someone than we are at just changing their behavior. And a lot of times we get that twisted. I mean, does the Bible tell us that we need to fix our sin and then Jesus will love us? No. It says come to Jesus in the middle of our sin, in the middle of our mess, and he will change us. So why would we ever make it so difficult for someone else to know who Jesus is? Think about this analogy. What does every little league baseball coach ever tell their players uh, as they play baseball? They you know, it's, it's one simple phrase, and they basically tell them, keep your eye on the ball. And if, if you don't do that, you're not going to be able to succeed in, in anything else in this game. You have to keep your eye on the ball. That never changes as you get older and play the game. But it starts there in Little League. Keep your eye on the ball. Well, Scripture tells us, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Him. We can't do anything else unless we are looking towards Him. So the same, same principle applies when we're trying to lead someone else to Christ. Don't tell them you've got to fix this and fix that. Just say, hey, look to Christ. Look to Jesus. Let me show you who he is. I want to give you a challenge to think about today as well. Um, we're looking for ways to uh, keep it simple in our faith. Here's a question for you. Uh, I've challenged our youth group with this as well. It's really a question. If every Christian on the planet was exactly like you in their faith, would Christianity grow? Think about that. So there's over 2 billion Christians living on the planet today. If every single one of them was exactly like you in their faith, meaning every one of them uh, prayed exactly as much as you, shared the gospel exactly as much as you, read their Bible exactly the same amount as you, would you be comfortable with that? Would God be comfortable with that? Would Christianity grow as a whole? And so this is our challenge that, that we need to live our life in such a way um, that we would be able to say yes to that question. We'd be able to say to God, I'm doing everything I can. I believe I'm following you the best way I can, doing my part in whatever areas that need improvement in that, that, that I wouldn't be comfortable if every Christian was, was doing. That's where God could work on us uh, to change. As I mentioned earlier, the Christian life is not an easy one to live. It, you know, If it is easy, maybe we need to be doing more uh, to step out of our comfort zones. But the way to salvation is... A simple message. And so as we uh, wrap up today, um, I want to I present uh, an analogy of this simple gospel message to you. And I'm uh, feeling generous, so I'm going to give something away as well. 
It's a $5 bill. And I'm feeling generous, I'm gonna give it away. So, who wants, so this used to be able to buy you lunch, now it's like a portion. Who wants, who wants a portion of their lunch bought for today? Anybody? Anybody? You gotta come up and get it though. So here is, here's the message. Uh, in a similar way to that $5 bill and that question, um, a lot of people, when it comes to the, the gospel message and salvation, it is a free gift that is there for us if we take it. But a lot of times, when I, when I first you know, brought the $5 bill out, some of you may have thought, you know, I, I don't need that. Somebody else can have it. Um, some of you may have thought, this isn't real, right? He's not really giving that away. And some of you may have thought, well, I want it, but I don't really want to go up there and get it. He may take it away or something. I don't know. And it's very similar when it comes to the message of Jesus and the gospel message. There's many people that feel like, I don't need that. There are many people that feel like, uh, you know, it's not really that simple, is it? And then there's also people that say, well, I, I would like that, but I don't necessarily want to, you know, do the work to, to get that. And then... Finally, we had Mr. France came up and got it and uh, accepted the free gift that was available. And so I just want to encourage all of you today. We're going to have a time of invitation here in a minute. We're going to sing a song. And for those of you that have accepted Christ already in your life, I just want to encourage you to continue to live in it and continue to be reminded of it and receive him every day. And uh, let the, the power of the simplicity of the gospel change you from the inside out. And for anyone here today that maybe has not accepted that, maybe you've had one of those other excuses and maybe you feel like God is speaking to you today to finally accept the gift that is freely given to you, um, then we'll invite you as, as the song, as we sing this song, to either go back and talk to one of our elders in the back or you can come talk to me up front. Um, and we encourage you to make that decision today. But let, again, let's let the power, the simplicity of the gospel change us from the inside out. Let's keep it simple in our life. And let's stand together as we sing this song of invitation.